What's up, Anchor fans? This is Austin Wilman with Intro to Extroverts. We're going to be bringing on my friends, um, both of my Alexes here in a sec, if I can figure out how to do it. <laughs> uh, we had this issue yesterday, too. Uh, okay. Give me one second here. Hey. Alex, can you um, do a, a comment thing? From your phone, I think that will be that be the way to go. Yeah, there we go. Approve. Okay. Adding, adding, adding. This is all fun for me. New stuff. You should. I'm. I'm excited to. <laughs> Hold on. Am I no, no. <laughs> uh, it seems like there's some feedback. Like I can hear myself. Yeah, yeah. I'll hold it straight up. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, we got to figure out what's going to go on because I can hear myself in the feedback. Hold on. Yeah, but then my microphone's not going to pick it up, which is super annoying. So let me see here. Hello. Well, Jesus, I can still hear myself, but uh, now the microphone can't hear anything. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Where are you at? Oh my gosh. And what are you guys doing there? Tell me a little bit about what you're doing. <laughs> the huge soccer ball back there. <laughs> Maybe you guys might have to get closer. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh man, I'm having some issues hearing you guys. I think it's from the feedback from me. It's like really loud and then it takes a while to like adjust back down to the regular thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll work. 
Let me see here. Uh, I can hear you guys a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot better. Okay, cool. So, you guys started uh, Alex's social how, how long ago? months it's been official for two months he's been doing a lot of solo work as freelance uh for what almost a year now yeah and then uh two months ago we officially filed our llc and then got our ein number and all that stuff set up so we've only been around for two months but oh my so you're government right, so you're government, government official, government official. Government approved. we've been doing uh social media work together uh, freelancers and like he had a, yeah. a different full-time job um while we were doing that but we've been doing it we started like six years. Yeah, we started so as EMTs, we worked as EMTs to start out with, and uh, there's there's not really a huge yeah, like yeah, going from EMT to social media. media. Well, the thing we caught on to most was like expressing our EMS lives with other EMTs, and because a lot of social media hadn't really developed for like uh, EMS companies or fire, you know what I mean. So we had this presence. We started building there. And then eventually we rolled into a uh, role. He was a pro, uh, social media specialist. And then uh, I became more like client facing, but we would work together on a lot of like events and community events and like, you know, advertisement and hiring and all this stuff. So it's like we, we took, we, we really grew into that social aspect. We really liked the uh, social interaction mm-hmm. and, and travel and stuff. So then we took <laughs> the parts of that. Really, and this is what Alice Social is all about. That's super cool. So going from, from the EMS, like, arena to this what what kind of got you in there like was it like a curiosity or was it more of like um you know you saw a need in the marketplace or like we're really good at talking with people or we really like to be on our phones or you know we just like to mess around with each other all the time close proximity like this for 12 hours plus at a time you, you have to be creative. <laughs> Social media was an outlet for us and to be able to share our experiences because we got to meet so many amazing people and different EMTs, different people from different walks of life. And so we wanted to bring that to a wider audience. So like it was like great to do it for EMS, but now without social, I mean we we're like where we're at today. You know, we're in an indoor soccer field, you know, with giant hamster balls. I mean who can say that? You know, like it's just one of those things that we get to talk with people from all different kinds and we just get to expand on I think we get to expand on the best qualities of our personality this way. Yeah. I'd say a lot of it too was I, I kind of, I begged him and egged him on for about <laughs> years to join me. Um, before a year ago, I had taken actually, I was a digital brand manager for one of the largest expansion real estate companies uh, in the United States. And, um, and after, you know, I got through that and, and knowing that, you know, a lot of people wanted my side work. Um, I have, I have two little kids, and so does he. So we kind of just, you know, I was just like, it's time. It's time to be home with my kids. It's time to do what I wanted to do because I've never really done a job where it's something I truly wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I begged him for two years, and then he finally made the leap. And then the first day, he's just like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> scary thing for sure. I mean, it was like nothing's guaranteed when you work for yourself, but – the, uh, the, the the work that you put in and the value of your reward is just there's just so much more there. I mean, it's it is what you sow, you know. So absolutely, uh, absolutely, a lot of work forward, and we're already starting to see some returns. So I don't, I don't sow. You don't sow. Okay. What about? Are you a farm? Everybody sells. You're selling yourself. You're selling me on why you don't sell things. <laughs> um, so it's. Um, 
it's kind of funny that you say Alex on the left, my left. Uh, yeah. You said you're like more of the client facing side, um, which, which means what, what does that mean exactly? Like going out and like being face to face, uh, making the calls, outgoing sales, stuff like that. Establish ourselves in a new area. What we would do as a non-for-profit, we would try to attach ourselves to a hospital system or a hospital network. So I would go and I would meet with these. I mean, you, you come to learn everybody's name and position all the way from you know like a like a janitor all the way up to C-suite. You know, you talk to everybody and you're you're trying to make sure that they're happy with the service. So it was a lot of customer service, a lot of like clients client relations, trying to get people connected, trying to find you know, this person sells this product or this person provides this, you know, trying to connect people, um, trying to do some outward um, education with communities. And uh, it, it was a lot of traveling. It was, it was really rewarding. Like I said, you got to meet so many people from different backgrounds, um, but it was always for somebody else, for something else. So it was just like, there was this, the path that I wanted to go on was calling me in a different direction. So after two years of pleading, I just, I had to make the jump. <laughs> of course. So did you guys go when you were first starting this, you know, either six years ago or two months ago, do you find that you went to like networking events or like out to, you know, if you're going out to the bar, is that something that you're talking about all the time? Yeah, I know. I know something that uh, we had talked previously about. Um, a shout out to uh, Chris Borja. He was on here just a little bit ago watching. Um, I, name drop. <laughs> uh, he has an amazing entrepreneur, uh, amazing gentleman um, who who helps people network um, here in the Central Ohio area. And he holds lots of events. Uh, and one of the events that I had went to was the first event. You know that you know on my own doing my own thing. I went to uh, uh, an event, a luncheon that he had for. Um, uh, it was at uh, Rusty Bucket, and uh, I tell you what, I am one of the most social people in the world. I mean, I've never met a stranger at all. Uh, but I was nervous and I think it's, I, I had confidence in what I was selling. I had confidence in what I do, but to convince people that I know what I'm doing was a whole new, whole new thing. And I actually remember too, I know he'll watch this cause he watches my every footstep, kind of one of my mentors, uh, his name's Brian Mulligan. Um, I went with him. So he drove me there. We went inside and, uh, we were standing, I remember standing there. I left and I went to the bathroom. And I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I just stood there for like 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm not talking to people. Like, I love talking to strangers, and, which sounds bad, but it's true. And uh, so I'm, I'm standing there in the bathroom. I came back out. He goes, where did you go? And I go, oh, I just had to go to the bathroom. He goes, no, you didn't. And he knew. He didn't see where I do, You know what I mean? And then I remember standing beside him, and he would make me go to the opposite side of the room. He's like, don't even, don't even stand near me. You're not going to get what you came here for mm-hmm. to learn, you know, to sell yourself and to learn how to network. And I'd say the first couple of networking events that I did, it wasn't about selling myself, just how to be comfortable in my own skin, just to talk to people. Because selling myself, they sure they can hear what I do, but if they don't know me on a personal level, if they can't relate to me, then it's not worth it. Yeah, so that's something that I actually wanted to bring up kind of right away is the 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 wingman thing right we had talked about that previously as like sometimes there's there's situations where a wingman is good and it can be encouraging to help you step outside of your comfort zone but in other times it's like having a wingman is almost like having a, a safety net there and we don't take the risks that we normally would in order to get the um to get the biscuit right risk it for the biscuit so what do you guys prefer are there like are there like a certain events where you're like man i need my alex here 
or are there certain events you're like, you go to the other side of the room? Uh, I would say, honestly, and I know we had kind of talked about it before, I thought about it after that for a while. Yeah. It depends on the social setting. Um, it, I I mean, of course, he's my best friend. I love having him around, but if I'm trying to go and sell myself, I noticed the other day we went to um, a young entrepreneur's mixer yeah. the other day. And from the get-go, it was the first time that we had went to one together. As Alex is social, yeah. yeah. Like, nice. And I, I, I automatically just, like, we spread apart. Yeah, we're just, oh, really? We, oh, really? Because, yeah. And I think, and I honestly, I thought about it for a while. It's because I pin like, it, was, it wasn't making eye contact with people, but I pinpointed people out of the room. I'm like, I want to go talk to that person. Mm-hmm. I know who they are, but I feel like, you know, you feel a connection with somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he went out and I love that dude's shoes. He's got to be like, <laughs> and then I would come back and I'd regroup. I'm like, who'd you talk to? No, where do you want to go? You know what? Yeah, follow I think, up. yeah, I think we identify with different type of uh, social behavior. Maybe I just read people differently than he does. So we had, we, uh, we attract different. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you know no, but I think the people that we have easier time talking to that we identify with or that, you know, and that's what we work well together with because it's like bringing both of those together so yeah we would we would we would divide come up and we talked to totally different people and, and ended up and which is working great for alex's social because then there's uh expanded clientele it's not all the same kind you know yeah yeah and on that on that note that's more of the that's more of the business aspect now if yeah. i'm not spreading business i talk about so if, if we go to a bar we go to a social setting to so say if you know there's a party we had went to um i would have him buy me it's just that's just how it is right. why i know we had mentioned because I'm, you know, I'm the, I, I thrive in large groups of people. I become way louder than I should be. <laughs> Americans. <laughs> but if I do something dumb and it goes disastrously, I know that I'll be right here and, you know what I mean? He'll be right here to make fun of me. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I, so the I, first two I, things are like, okay, like, in a business okay. setting or at like a party yeah, setting. Like a party. Right. And one, it almost seems like, okay, I'm going to do my thing and then have something to bring back to the business as opposed to like, we're going to a party or a bar and we're going to stick together. And when we go someplace, we can kind of almost tag team and like bounce off each other's energy and get that like momentum to, to introduce ourselves to a group or to, you know, and I don't think we, we plan it that way, especially. So like I said, we went to that mixer the other day and you know, we divided Kind of like divide and conquer. And yeah. We came back and towards the end of the night, we had met everybody, and we were standing there. The, it felt like we had started getting both of our sides of the room, kind of. And they were in the same group, like pulling all together, of us talking. Yeah. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah. We didn't plan that. It just kind of. And we and like I said, we're not like we're social. I mean, we're social media management, content creation. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily like we're hired to go to parties to do that sort of thing. But I kind of I analyzed it for a long time after that. We had talked about on the way to the car that that. A lot of those people don't go to social networking events. Like they don't, they don't go to, to mixers and stuff. It was a young entrepreneur thing. A lot of these people are like, "Yeah, this is the first time I've ever been to one of these." Right? Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. And so they were. I think they were kind of in any social aspect, any social situation. They were looking to gravitate towards people that may have done it before. Hmm. Um, felt comfortable. Maybe it's just they felt comfortable around us, which is good. Most people do. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, there was a lot of wall huggers. It was like a lot of like. I'm <laughs> They went from wall huggers to Alex huggers by the end of the by the end of the meeting. 
I love that. So do you guys do you guys feel that you're using your business as an excuse to to network with people, or do you think that your business is thriving because you have like you can network and do you know talk to strangers and be outgoing? That's why kind of Alex's social is taking off, or is it like do you use your business as a crutch? kind of so when i first took him on two months ago full time i I explained to him i'm like listen i i i never really had to market myself um the the way my first like five clients six clients that i had brought on board Mm -hmm. i literally and this is a bad way to do this because it doesn't raise money fast like you need it when you're a first entrepreneur sure Uh, i was behind i was behind helping people sell stuff it wasn't my store you know what I mean? I was behind, like, you know, making cookies, hanging out with, like, the staff of, of, a, of a shop. What? Like, you know what I mean? Because I grew that. I didn't even talk to people about what I did until maybe, like, two, three, four weeks after going there every day, every other day. They're like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I thought I was a bum. That you were just nicer than a bum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and literally, I didn't ask for anything. I didn't do anything. And maybe that's not a good way of going about business. But I, a lot of it had to do with like my own, I, I was going through a personal journey of like a, a low, low in my life. And uh, maybe it was just like meeting new people and just like being myself again. Mm-hmm. But then I got to explain like, oh, this is what I do. And right then and there, they became clients. So yeah, and that's what I was yeah. saying. Because you were talking about that earlier. To be social, you have to be confident and comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that business is really a crutch, but more of an opportunity to leverage the fact that I feel pretty confident right now and I like what we're doing. So I like talking to, you know, never meeting a stranger. And then it's just like, well, that also leads into the business. So I think it's just a perk, actually. And it's kind of crazy because because of what we do. We had, we had talked about expanding, like, into the events arena because yeah. we've been pulled. Like, we don't know where Alex's social is going to go. Probably. Like, I'm but there's so many avenues right now. It's that. crazy that we're very social with people, mm-hmm. but our actual job entails not dealing with people at all. Like, we deal over a computer. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. So maybe yeah. it's an outlet of, you know, I need to talk to somebody or hug somebody. <laughs> you should have an Alex's social um, hug campaign, free hugs campaign or something. Nice. <laughs> so when, uh, let's see, so when you're dealing with um, starting a business, um, do you think it is, do you think it's really important to like kind of get yourself out there just by, doing stuff like getting behind the counter talking with people or do you think that if you had to do it over again that there would be a different way and that you would focus more on like um like acquiring money and like doing more of like the social media the meat you know the meat and potatoes of what your business does or do you think that like kind of um that aspect of it is really important yeah honestly for the first clients that i had picked up like i said they didn't even know what i did and when they finally did I don't know if they had pity on me or they're like, you know what I mean? They're like, this guy's great. We'll hire him. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, a lot of, uh, I guess I've never talked about this on camera, so this is going to be really weird. People are gonna, <laughs> but like I branded my face. Yeah. Before I was on social, it was just me because I was, you know, I wasn't really an entrepreneur yet. I was just, you know, doing side work for people, you know, whether it be photography, going to events, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I branded my face. And so because I was branding my face, people saw that influential piece, you know, that you're influential in the community. And, and upon that, 
I found myself on in two different boards um, for two different nonprofits. Oh, nice. Uh, and sitting next to people that make a ton of money and are very influential and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So when they would ask me what I would do, it would be like, oh, you know, just I'd play with people on the computer. You know, <laughs> sort of, uh, but I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, and, and we kind of, we level each other out. If I could, I would give everything away for free. Now, if you're a company looking for it, don't come to me first. Come to him. <laughs> I would come give everything for free uh, just because I, I, I'm, I'm, I get, I'm a people pleaser and I get so excited about people who want to grow social media, the people who have small businesses that, you know, want to go through the roof, you know, 10 times your business. Okay. I'll tell you you're nine times your business. But. Yeah. <laughs> you got 10 X like copyrighted by Grant Cardone or something like that. Uncle G. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go 11 X and just push it up. You know? Um, so there's, there's a concept of like, you know, what goes around comes around so that maybe that's where the altruistic feeling of like, I want to help people and I will, I will give a bunch of value first. Uh, before like asking for the you know for the check or whatever um, it's it's kind of the same way in in like face-to-face social interactions like is there are there any like things that go through your mind as far as like processes when you're just like out and about talking with people or like how do you just approach random strangers and and be able to be so open with them is it like hey I have a lot to offer you or is it like I'm interested in you or like, what do you guys feel is like the, I mean, do you have a tendency? It depends again. And I think not only is that a good business approach, but it's, it's natural for me uh, because I, I, I love meeting people. Like, so we were in EMS for a long time. We met so many people in the back of trucks from all different walks of life that I would say like, I, I, I got so many good, what was it? So many, so much, so many, so many good, so much good. <laughs> So much good advice, so much. You know what I'm talking about? I thought it was. All right, that's where it breaks down to. No, but like, genuinely, no one's going to take you. Okay, you can get business, but no one's going to keep your business if they don't genuinely know you, genuinely care about you, and genuinely want to be around you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we we just picked up a client a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I had to tell them it wasn't. And I, I did so much pro bono work for them, I would kill an entrepreneur. They'd be like, why? Because <laughs> even like breakdowns of today, my Facebook, if you look at my Facebook, um, I put a quote on there from Nas, one of my favorite rappers of all times, right? And it says, um, uh, uh, don't hate me because you hate me. What? He's talking about being humble. Um, he's just like, um, better stay true to who are, who you are and where you came from. Cause at the top will be the same place you hang from. So always, always stay humble. You know what I mean? Like I am, am I where I want to be financially, monetarily, you know what I mean? In our business? No, I hope we go through the roof mm-hmm. right now. I'm saying that I've got enough for my bills, enough to make my kids smile. And then I get to hang out with my best friend every day. Right. You know I mean? right. And it can only, I mean, good vibes. You can only go up from there because that feeds off of people. People feed off good vibes. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It, it's a lot of trial and error. I mean, no matter what your interest is or what you think is going to work out, I try and he errs. Right. Well, just I'm just trying to grammar. Everybody, but you, you do 
you have the intent. And the hardest thing I think for us as Alex's social is, is showing some of the importance of social media that's not strictly an ROI-based thing. A lot of companies look at it that way, and it's, it's, it's hard for us as Alex's social. It's hard to sell the importance of online engagement without it being a return on investment necessarily in the sense of a sale or something. And, and social so, media is a long, it's long, a long run game. game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of experimentation, really. So. Yeah, because there's yeah, especially with social media, and I think a lot of young people are trying to get into like social media marketing and advertising, and because they like the lifestyle that you know you guys are are living right now, hanging out with your best friends and you know kicking around huge soccer balls and uh, you know whatever you guys get to do all day. Um, but I think there's still a lot of misconception that we think like a like is going to equal a dollar, but like that that's that's not the one to one ratio. That does not happen that way. So it does take long term um, to kind of get that stuff rolling, and it does take I think a sense of um, connecting with people and doing something for them without expecting immediate gain right away. And it's like there's where's that balance between like doing all that stuff and, and getting paid. So there's something I did want to touch on is when you guys were EMS and and hanging out and doing all that kind of stuff. Is it EMT, EMS? EMS is emergency medical services, and then EMT is what you are in EMS. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Okay, great. Um, people are going to make fun of me because I didn't know that, but that's all right. Um, so you, one of the, one of the times that we had chatted, you were talking about, um, you were putting some pretty interesting, uh, situations where you had to, you know, change the style of communication, probably not going to be the same as like making cookies and selling them, um, at some random, you know, potential client. I mean, how, how did you guys deal with that being the like lighthearted and happy people that you are? without breaking HIPAA because there's no names involved. I, I remember one situation where uh, we went to Riverside Methodist Hospital and uh, we were up on the floor. It was a stroke floor. We were taking a patient over the hospice to a different hospital, you know, for end-of-life care. And uh, we walked in there and they loved us like like all families love us. They're like, oh, we're so glad you're taking care of us or whatever. And I'm like joking around like, hey, we're going to make it there in a flash because literally it was like, you know, across the parking lot. Uh -huh. And I walked in there and within 30 seconds later, as you know, we moved the patient across, he passed away as we're moving him. Whoa. We touched him, he passed away. And, uh, and just from that scene, to open the door back up. To break the news to the family. Yeah, that's a different change of pace. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And all that is is being real and being honest about everything that goes on in your life. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I want, I want to say that being an EMS with all the experiences and high levels of stress at some points, it's almost as if that has broken me. Like, I'm just like, okay, it can't get worse than this. There's just those moments. So it's like going on to the social aspect away from that field. It's like, I have nothing to fear. Yeah. I'm confident in myself. I have seen some stuff. I've done things in my life I'm proud of. I've accomplished that. But now it's like, I, I don't know. It's giving me a confidence in myself, I guess. Because that's what it is. As an EMT, you're practicing your skills and it's your your actions, I guess, that you have to be confident in. So it's like taking this social aspect away from that. It's, after everything you've been through, it's like you're fearless in some sense, I guess. But, mm -hmm. or, just, or just like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you guys had, had these experiences where you had to go through like hard hard times and like the ability to navigate those difficult communications. If you were to 
recommend to somebody who's like looking to step up their social game, which is, you know, who I'm hoping to reach with this podcast and this kind of program, um, people who want to get out of their comfort zone and, and really start to develop their sense of social acumen. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable to people to get in those like more difficult situations. But do you feel like if people were in those situations that they could learn quicker? It's uh, the quote that I always remember. And it just happened by, by true aspect of that. We had those jobs, but get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Something that I was heard. Um, and it's true. It's true. You put in so many different situations and eventually they start to turn like twofold. You're like, Oh, I remember the situation, how I dealt with it last time. This time I'm going to learn from it, whether it's like a really, you know, life and death situation or, uh, you know, hey, I, you know, just accidentally stepped in mud and now I trapped into your house situation. <laughs> <laughs> things come too old and, and, and you figure those kind of things out. Um, I think, too, I mean, you have to pander to your, to your crowd, to your audience sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can even say... I don't know what you know about EMS, but it, it doesn't pay anything. Mm. Um, EMS fire. I mean, there's there's no money. So when you know we would be on the road, and I remember like not having enough money for my phone. My phone would shut off, and I got a family at home. You know what I mean? And then like we would go to like Wendy's on shift because we're hungry. We haven't eaten in like twelve hours. Mm-hmm. And then you know I swipe my card, and it doesn't work. And you look at your partner, you know, who's somebody you know you spend more time with than you do with your family. Yeah. And, and you know more intimately a lot of times because you know you've been through these situations of life and death and it, it to turn around and like you come up to a house to a family you got to put all that aside so yeah. sometimes you do pander to other situations where it's like you know i can't provide for family i can't even eat lunch but then we got to walk in there and smile and act like everything's great you know what i mean yeah and you're there for somebody in the hardest moment of their life um at times and so yeah, it's it's a social situation you're not ever ready for, but you also have to be a people lover to look at other people in the eye and be like, "This is what's going on. This is real." And you know, you it helps to remember that everything that you're feeling or going through, everyone else does too. I mean, that's, you're not the only one experiencing that. So, and I think that one of the things you can do too is, is uh, bring friends, right? Bring if you're if you're not scared of being in an unknown situation, bring a friend or some bring some kind of a little bit of security then just enough to, to jump off a little bit sign up like if someone was really wanting to break out in their social sign up for like some charity work or some like volunteer somewhere or something like he like he was talking about you because know, people and people want you there yeah like yeah there's like a fire or a walk and people are like oh my gosh thank goodness you came and we needed more people sort of thing yeah and they'll it, little things like that it's a good point because they'll be like hey i need you here here and here you feel that sense of warmth you feel that sense of you know, relief and it gets easier and easier. Go to a hundred charity events before, you know, you have to do your own, you know, lunch and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, And that's something that I think I'm going to try and focus on is like helping people like get into safe environments where they can get out of their comfort zone. Right. Cause there's like being comfortable or like being uncomfortable and being unsafe, I guess, to, to people's perception, like say, Hey, we're going to put you in this, in this environment where you're going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be a safe environment, like just like a charity event or, or something like that. I think that's really important. And, uh, Alex, what you brought up, I don't even know why I mentioned your name because <laughs> both of you, um, you said it's important to realize that everybody feels the same emotions 
but they feel them in a, maybe in a different manner or certain things trigger them. I was I was actually reading uh, uh what's the book? Oh whatever. Uh, one of Tony Robbins' books that he he's talking about vocabulary that people t- use to describe their experiences and their emotions and how some people like never get bored because they never like describe their feeling as being bored. So maybe that's something that we can like flip in, in our heads, flip the script and say like, instead of being like fearful or uncomfortable, you're like, I'm excited or I'm pushing my physiology to like be ready for the next thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about um, listening to a podcast this morning on imposter syndrome. It's basically where, like where you where you feel like you're accomplishing things and you can like see your achievements, but you like detach them from yourself and you like kind of convince yourself that maybe you slipped through the cracks and you're like somewhere and you're just waiting for everybody to notice that you don't belong here. Do you guys ever get that feeling when you're starting a business or when you're um, having a, a you know a great conversation with new people? You're like, I hope they don't really figure out who I am. <laughs> like I don't belong here, but everybody thinks I do. Yeah, and like we went to an award ceremony. If we were invited, uh, we did actually the media for the event, and I remember like. It was one of the first like uh, social engagements that that Alex and I had went to for our company. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was you or me. We both looked around and like, what are we doing here? Because they were underdressed. I'm way underdressed. These are underdressed. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. there, was, like, there were so many like top name businesses that were around. And like I'm just like, dude, what are we doing? Good thing we're sitting in the back of the room right now. You know what I mean? But, like, you know, but they loved us. You know, like they're like junior varsity sitting there. Yeah, right. Just, just waiting to always kind of had this like outgoing attitude when you were kids like what what is what are little alex and alex like are they like hooligans or are they like the shy kids or school growing up 
first through eighth grade and like the same 20 kids in my class like you knew them by heart you know every girl was your girlfriend eventually <laughs> <laughs> every guy is your friend because there's no other choice right, right. <laughs> ninth grade um to a huge high school i mean a big high school 300 plus kids in my graduating class wow and um, I walked in there, and the first within the first three four weeks, we had student council elections in front of your whole class. Right? Didn't know. I mean, I maybe knew like twenty kids, and I got elected. And it's just I've always had that, you know, that charisma of going out and talking to people. Um, I flourish in huge group settings. Um, I was scared to go over there, but yeah, like I get people laughing on jokes, and I can't stop to like where it's annoying almost. Like, <laughs> Like, I want to make sure I find my line and I cross it at some point. <laughs> so I'm really good at that. I'm the trial. Here's the error again. Let's switch that. I've always been that way. Now, I, went, I went through a big process in my life where um, I, I, I kind of flourished away from that. And it's, but it's interesting because people that you're, you're close with, you know, like your best friends or, or family members, they're like, you're, that's not the Alex I know. Where's that Alex? So I think like that hits you hard. Like if you're always that way, people, you know, people care about you. They'll figure it out. They'll tell, they'll be the first to tell you. I mean, he hit me with a book in the face while we were driving yesterday. <laughs> like you need to snap out of it. And like, I'm driving and he's like, that's the right in the face of the book. Wake up! Kill your own side of the car. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so we said that there are there are certain like traits that kind of like embrace extroversion and embrace like the feeling of talking with strangers, and you know, I I think that's fun. You guys think that's fun. Some people are like deathly afraid of that, and I'm like, man, there are so many worse things to be afraid of than just like other humans who are just like me. Um, but is, are there anything, is there any, is there anything that you guys still get like nervous about or like afraid of, especially in social situations, maybe if the like the stakes are a little higher or if there's like more than X amount of people to talk to, or if there's less than X amount of people to talk to, is there anything that you guys are still like, Mm. Uh, I, I put social media out there sometimes that 
lot of people may not like. You ever feel like you're being stared at? <laughs> um, that, that people don't like because that's real life. And I don't want people to think that my life is fake or phony mm-hmm. uh, because everybody hurts. Now, mm-hmm. how you define it is different. So is social media fake? Define your define your it's definition. Highlights. <laughs> the highlights. It's the highlights. I mean, literally. And like everybody, it's all good on social media. Yeah. You, or you have somebody who com- complains about yeah. something. All right. So it depends how you define I don't know why I started on that subject. <laughs> 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 when we get nervous is this because we try to do research on anything we're involved with like okay let's try to we try to do some background investigation like what kind of person are they you know so when you jump into an area where it's like a bigger group than you can control or a new market i think that's the scariest thing when you go to a bar you haven't been to yet and you don't know what you're getting into i think that's obviously the biggest you know i i find myself in social aspects where like say if it's at a bar or some kind of social networking event you can pinpoint people who are type a's before they open their mouth because their mouth is already open and talking. Yeah, right? right? You can pick them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you, know, you can tell just by their body language yeah. um, before they even open their mouth and approachable. Yeah. I, I tend to flirt with that. I'm not a competitive person. I hate board games. I hate card games. You know what I mean? But if there's, a, if there's somebody else that's a type A in the room, I always try to befriend them. And here's a rule that has always stuck with me, and I do not know why. I'm sure there's a theory around it. Ever since I was a little kid, people who I attract to, um, especially say like at work or like a new setting, people that I attract to and become very close to usually become my worst enemies. Really? I don't really know why. And the people that I don't relate to as well. Wait. The people I don't relate to as well. <laughs> like, like this oh, asshole. Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, th- I think there's some some power in gaining momentum in social situations. Like if, if someone's like just coming into a place, maybe they have their wingman, maybe they don't, and they're like looking to meet new people. I think there's a lot to be said about gaining momentum, and that's how a wingman can help you. But once you like split off from that, like who's the first person you go to? Do you go to like the the type A personality who's already like outgoing because like they're always wanting to talk to people, or maybe it might be more beneficial for you to go to the the person who's you know sitting against the wall and they look like they want to go like meet people, but. I don't, I don't know. Like for me, I would probably go for the type A personality as well. But I think a lot of people would, who are maybe, you know, just stepping into this arena and really trying to uh, ramp up their game, they might go to the people who look more vulnerable because they feel like I can, you know, um, be in control of something or uh, I, I don't know. I mean, do you guys see that at all? Like people going to people who aren't as, you know, good at speaking? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, it's it's almost um, the opposite in that effect. Like we had talked about earlier, he goes for the wall people, and I, I, I just, I jump, I, I jump for the wall like people. <laughs> and I, I jump for the, the type A because I know they're like me. Yeah. They're outgoing, yeah. so it's easy to relate to them. So I just, I well, guess that's the thing. That's the reason he likes to play off people. No, whoa, no. <laughs> <laughs> like you can go to any type A personality and kind of strike off a conversation. You're most likely going to have some common ground because you're both open to talking about it. You yeah. know, you're both talking yeah. about yourselves or whatever. When you're in those people that you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just how I read people. I can see people like on the edge, like they're just a little timid groups or they're a little. So I'll go up into one-on-one conversation, and before I know it, you know, like they're on their own talking to a few people, and that makes me feel good. But I also, I feel like if more people, like again, with that thought of like everything you're feeling, all the fear or all the you know fear of rejection, or whatever, everyone else feels that they're just better at certain talents, or they have a better, you know, they maybe they're just more confident in themselves, and you can get there too. So it's just like I like talking to those people that I and I can just read that, and they're like on the edge, and you know, I just want to get them revved up. Like, come on, you can do this too. Everyone can do this. Let's get. I'm on go. I'm uncomfortable around um, baby boomers that are um, honestly, honestly, uh, baby boomers that are um, company owners. Yeah. Um, because they don't understand social media marketing yet, and a lot of them don't. And so they feel like I'm a joke as a business owner. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to prove myself worth to them a lot of times. Mm. So like I get scared to talk to them because they're going to be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm not even going to start the conversation. Yeah. I disagree with that though, because I think it's all about how you rep yourself. Like I don't honestly, I don't care what you think about it. I care about what I think about it. Honestly, I mean, that's who you care about most. Mm-hmm. As long as you're confident in it, and they don't, they don't get it. They don't get. It. But I don't, I don't rest my success or my like put on how they view it. You know, I just you don't. They don't mm-hmm. you up. I don't care so much about how everyone else would feel, but they don't care about how you feel anymore. Right, so, right, right, right. Alex, I thought you were going to say that you're you're scared to talk to baby boomers because they look like wrinkly old goblins. <laughs> what? It must be the red hair. <laughs> um, okay, so when we're talking about you know uh, approaching someone who may might be another company owner or someone who's like noticeably like out of your league, either maybe not even looks, but like you can tell that they're very comfortable in a social situation. They're like making everybody laugh, but you want to be a part of that and you want to go talk to this person. You know, maybe it's a, a girl or something. Um, do you guys have any pointers like of how to like just kind of swallow that lump in your throat and just go for it? I mean, is there a tactical way that you can do that, or what do you think? I would say honestly, I I live with so much regret, and you shouldn't. And that kind of that got to me over a long time to where I'm like, I didn't say something to somebody. No, but I had that chance again. You know what I mean? Um, I will say one client that I had gotten in the past, I I wanted to say something. First, I knew they could work. I knew that they could use my services. I didn't say anything. Even somebody, you know, in the community was like, you need to talk to me, talk to me. We're in a social setting. And I was like, no, I don't think they'll take to me well. Mm. And they walked outside. And I don't think it was a social setting of like being around people. But I'm like, this is it. I'm going to live with regret. So might as well do it. I sound like a babbling idiot but I got their work, 
You know what I mean? Nice. Because I was, I was confident with myself, but I was still nervous talking to them. So I would say I know it's easier said than done, but yeah. don't live with regret because, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be here now away from jobs, nine to fives that were eating away our souls if, yeah. you know, we didn't say something. So. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I think the one thing you can look at real simple is if you don't try versus if you try and fail. I mean, you fail if you don't try. Mm-hmm. So you have to take a shot. If you do try, I mean, you're gonna have to get used to it. Yeah, you might get rejected. Yeah, you may not click with that person, but not trying is the worst thing you can do. So it's just like you fail on that. At least you can try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that you have to start like early in the morning or like as soon as you start your day, like the the feeling of if I don't try, then I'm automatically failing. Like that doesn't start when you're in the networking event, right? I feel like that starts. As soon as you wake up in the morning, you're like, what is my global view? How do I perceive people in general? Um, how do I perceive myself and my self-confidence? So like, you know, understanding that, man, it drives me nuts. And I've had, I've heard people say this before. They're like, I hate people. I can't stand people. They're so annoying. I'm like, no, <laughs> people like pay your bills. They like do everything for you. You're there. The reason you're freaking here. <laughs> going to social networking events, you know, we're looking for a job or looking just to connect and, you know, and build your network. Uh, something, shout out to my mentor again, Brian Albany. Um, <laughs> I went to that first social event and he goes, you excited? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, how many clients are you going to get today at this event? And I go, probably none. <laughs> and he goes, well, then you already have zero. You might as well stay in the car. <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, no, I want to go inside. And he goes, well, I'm not going to make you not go inside. How many clients are you going to get? And I go, one. And he goes, all right, we're going for 10. He goes, you got to you gotta aim higher. And it, it's about believing yourself. If I went in with a negative attitude, I would have stayed with a negative attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and just think about every social situation you've ever been in that went amazing. You probably went in and it nervous or thinking that nothing's going to work. And then you know, look out in the end. So, yeah. And I I think that's something just to start like, um, flipping your psychology into gaining momentum before you've even done anything. Like, how can we do that? Like, like you said, imagine the best social situations you've been in and like how those went and like the feelings that you got. And like, you walked away like laughing, probably smiling, like with texting people that you just met. Um, and then if you like, just try and replicate that feeling that you left with as soon as you enter the next one, I think that's going to be really powerful to people. Um, yeah, as, like, it is a mindset because I go to every social networking event feeling how I felt that time that I just explained. I'm nervous. I don't think anything good is going to happen. But then as soon as I get there and I'm surrounded by people, I'm like, it's going to turn out the way it always has. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the <laughs> my sisters make fun of me because I say literally everything is a mindset. Like, like oh, I'm so hungry. I'm like, it's a mindset. <laughs> yeah. I think it's my own worst enemy, and it's yourself. Yeah. I mean, you stop yourself from doing the things that you could achieve before, you know, before you even try. Yeah, you're you're the first person to put yourself down, and you'll be the first person to pick yourself up. If you're, I mean, like it all it all starts from within. It's that it's that mindset and just like getting the worldview out. Um, so is there if if there's like anything that you could tell people who 
it, okay, so imagine this. Someone comes up to you guys and they say, I want to be just like you. I want to do the things that you're really good at. What would be like the number one or number two? What? <laughs> no, really, but like what would be like one or two things that you'd be like, dude, if you want to be just like me, this is what you got to get good at. Great at. Because you're gonna have it. Yeah. Be comfortable with it. Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, accept failure. And I'd also say, you're not gonna please everybody. Yeah. Mm. There are times and moments uh, on both ends, Alex and mine, where we get angry in certain situations. Uh, we've learned how to, to, to ease one another, like, okay, it's happening, just let it go, sort of thing. Yeah. But you're not gonna make everybody happy. You're going to have bad situations. So I've gotten really good at letting it ride for like 15 to 20 minutes. Like uh, that's what I've dimmed it down to rather than days. I'll be mad for like 15, 20 minutes in my mind and let it go. Now, another thing that my mentor says is 30 seconds. You give that object or that thing that's holding on to you, that's living rent free inside your head because you're, you're just, just angry about a certain topic, 30 seconds of your day and you're done. You can relish in that back for 30 seconds and then don't think about it again. If you are, then you know, you're stopping yourself all day. So I would say if you want to be like Alex, uh, dye your hair red and uh, <laughs> and that for days and weeks, some things just don't go right and you keep moving. And I think to make yourself happy, what I would do is take yourself, look at yourself deeply, and write down things I think you have. Whether that's an activity, a hobby, an interest, and then all that list, look at it and say, you know, if you're if you want to go into business for yourself or whatever, look at those things and see how you can make someone else appreciate it as much as you. Or maybe make some way of making it a job or a field, you know. Like, I, if I wrote down all my interests, though, like I, I don't know if it would lead to Alex's social. It'd be hard to make that connection. But we've been fortunate enough with our experiences that we've been able to form. But. I think you got to be happy with yourself, and then you got to be confident, which will lead to new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happiness and, and confidence. I think those are those are good messages for the kiddos out there. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to be like a, a Gary Vaynerchuk preacher at all, but talking about the importance of schooling. Schooling is important, dependent upon the profession you're in, or just schooling in general. Um, I'll say that I don't have as much schooling as I would like, I think, on both of our ends. I mean, we've always, like, regretted that piece of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing something I love for the first time in my life. And I honestly, you don't need schooling for this. You need a lot of life experience. Yeah. You need a lot of life experience and a lot of guts and go-to. I'm the biggest social media nerd. you want to know any statistic in the world, it's because I sit there and flip through them all day long and just – wait for quarterly reviews for Facebook to come out and stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. But I think, honestly, that's a good tip. It's don't wait on the education. Do what you like. You know, find that because education absolutely is beneficial. Like that's, like you said, we've got, you don't have to wait on it to get started. You know, like you need to look at it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think you brought up a, a, a good point when you said like schooling is important, but like the experience is what you need. So it's like if we can drill this into into people's brains who want to like start living a more happy lifestyle is like the life experience that you get does not have to come from time. It has to come from like going for things. And if we can like put ourselves out there more often, 
and like take that 50-50 shot, like we said, like if we try, we could get denied or we could, you know, something could happen. If we can start doing that like multiple times a day, then that experience is going to grow exponentially. And like, you're going to be in a position where you're doing what you want, like much quicker as opposed to like working, working in a job or something. Um, okay, cool. So let's wrap it up here. Where can we find you guys online? Where do you hang out the most? Um, where, where can people drop you a line? Kids are at home with me. They're found in the bathroom with me because I don't go. Stuff. No, no, that's not it. Uh, no uh, go uh, visit us online at www.alexsocial.com. Um, if you uh, are an Instagram lover, I know uh, at Mr. Melee eighty nine. Spelled really awkward. Yeah, I'm uh, a gamer. Uh, at social media six one four social media is mine as well as social media. Um, Yeah, do it, do it. We're about to do here uh, with a little GoPro series that we're doing. Oh, I gotta flip you. <laughs> Haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> Just playing some giant soccer right now. So yeah, uh, shout out to Kickmaster for having us in here. But, yeah, find us on social, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, getting ready to start up another video series on YouTube. Um, uh, working with the social media uh, influencers from around the country, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're totally happy that we can be on the show with you. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that looks like a blast. We're getting ready to get some hamster balls to throw up just for the sake. Dude, that's awesome. Thanks for thanks so much for chatting with me to guy today, guys. <laughs> All right, bros. Have a good one. Let's see ya. Well, there you have it, everybody. That was uh, our second guests with Alex Rogers and Alex Stewart. They run a company called Alex is Social out of Central Ohio, helping businesses um, get built through their social engagement. So you can find them at alexissocial.com or any of their uh, social media tags. So thanks for joining me again, and we'll catch you next time.